0: This approach, the parables, as a distinctive body of sayings and stories springing from Jesus, can give us a unique window into his thought. Yet it is important to stress here that this approach does not meet with the approval of all New Testament scholars. There are a number of scholars who would question if the gospel parables as we now have them can tell us much about the actual historical situation of Jesus' ministry. Rather, they suggest that these parables, embedded as they are in the various canonical gospels and, for that matter, other early Christian texts, have been reshaped by the early Christian authors so as to serve the needs of the early Christian communities. In this way of thinking, the parables, as they appear in the gospels, tell us more about what the authors of those gospels felt was needed by their early Christian communities than about Jesus' ministry. Over the course of the following lectures, we will explore the ideas of a variety of scholars who advocate one or the other of these positions, and still others whose writings would place them somewhere in between. As with most things in life, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. The parables surely reveal something about Jesus' message, and at the same time, the gospel writers have clearly put them to work in service of their very own specific pastoral needs— More will be said about this later. For now, let us begin our study by addressing the question of historicity as it relates to the ancient world in general and to the Gospels in particular. Now the average person who reads the New Testament Gospels reads them as if they were history books. They are not history books. Well certainly not in any modern 21st century sense of that term. This is not to say that they are not historical. The Gospels most assuredly have plenty of historically accurate material within their pages. Rather, I am stating that the Gospels cannot be treated as if they were transcriptions of Jesus' preaching, detailed blow-by-blow accounts of his miracles or court records of his trial and execution. They quite simply are not these things, nor were they ever intended to be these things by their authors. Moderns like us are accustomed to YouTube videos taken by bystanders, news crew film footage, real-time chats, and live television broadcast. We are, or at least we've convinced ourselves, committed to getting the story right in a fair and balanced manner. Simply stated, the ancients would not understand this approach. It does not fit with their understanding of the purpose of history. As a rule, ancient historians, both Greek and Roman, did not carry out their own original research. To be sure, they consulted with eyewitnesses when they were available and used other written sources, themselves of varying reliability, and then they made stuff up. I realize that this is shocking to modern sensibilities that have a hard and fast distinction between history and fiction. In the ancient mind, these two things were not as distinct But do not take my word for it. Listen to the ancient historians themselves. The first witness I call to the stand is Thucydides, who lived roughly from 460 to 400 BC, who, along with Herodotus, is considered one of the fathers of Greek history writing. Thucydides' comments in Book 1 of his famous Peloponnesian Wars, the classic account of the war between Athens and Sparta, are very enlightening for our purposes. To begin with, Thucydides states, With reference to the speeches of this history, some were delivered before the war began, others while it was going on, some I heard myself, others I got from various quarters. It was in all cases difficult to carry them word for word in one's memory, so my habit has been to make the speakers say what was in my opinion demanded of them by the various occasions, of course adhering as closely as possible to the general sense of what they really said. And with reference to the narrative of events, far from permitting myself to derive it from the first source that came to hand, I did not even trust my own impressions, but it rests partly on what I saw myself, partly on what others saw for me, the accuracy of the report always being tried by the most severe and detailed tests possible. My conclusions have cost me some labor from the want of coincidence between accounts of the same occurrences by different eyewitnesses arising sometimes from imperfect memory, sometimes from undue partiality for one side or the other. The absence of romance in my history will, I fear, detract somewhat from its interest. But if it be judged useful by those inquirers who desire an exact knowledge of the past so as to aid the interpretation of the future, which is in the course of human things must resemble if it does not reflect it, I shall be content. In fine... I have written my work not as an essay that is to win the applause of the moment, but as a